Bob, we've been up here for quite a while. Yeah. And I uh, don't see any signs of that thing moving anytime too soon. No, it's it's waiting us out, man. It, ah, the sun is really getting to me. I'm so exhausted. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I just, uh, I honestly don't know what to do next. No, and it's, I don't even know what the thing is. It's, it's creepy as all get out. I've never seen anything like that in my life. It's, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. What <laughs> led us to this point in our life that we're stuck on this rock? You know, I really don't know. I've been questioning that this whole time. Uh, While the sun is just beating down on me and I've got sweat filling my hat. And that was a nice cowboy hat, too. And now it's just ruined. You look good in a cowboy hat. I got to admit that. You do. Well, thank you. Uh, What? We got to get out of this town. We're going nowhere here really fast. Yeah. I mean, with the with the septic tanks and and the garbage collecting i mean it's just it's it's totally not worth it yeah not at all and i don't want to be sharing too much information but i've really got to pee rob you know i have to as well but i'm trying to save it so that i don't dehydrate myself completely if if that makes any sense I, i don't know i don't know i'm so mad i'm ready to pee on that thing the next time one of those little tentacle things pops up I'm going to pee on it I'm so mad at that thing and it's not leaving it just keeps circling us oh, it's like a, a sand shark or something weird mm-hmm. now have you ever in your life heard about anything like this I've never seen this like on the Discovery Channel I've never seen this on any cryptoid show I didn't know something like this existed honestly no I've never heard or seen anything like it but they are there's new species discovered every day. And I guess uh, we just made ourselves discovery that we'll never be able to talk about. Yeah. Again, this is par for the course for us. Our luck just seems to be getting worse (sighs) and worse in this town. God damn it. Do you think we can make a jump for the truck? You know, at this point I'm willing to try anything. Maybe we could throw some rocks and uh, hopefully it chases after the rocks and we'll have a chance to get to the truck. All right. Uh, So you want to make a leap on the count of three? uh, Yeah, let's do that. All right. One, two, you ready, Rob? I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. Three. Oh, Ah. here we go. Oh. Shit, shit, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Start the truck. Wow, we gotta go, we gotta go. Where's the keys? Oh, how you feel about hot wiring, Rob? I don't know how to do that. I never learned. We're so screwed. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. 
how they get you. They're under the ground. What the hell are those things? How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! So this is the Midnight Mass Creature cast, and clearly from that trailer, we are going into Tremors territory. I'm Mark, and I'm with the always awesome. I'm Rob, and we are definitely heading out to a very dry place, so get some uh, saline nasal spray for your nose so you don't dry out. <laughs> I would have never gone there. I thought you were going to say water bottle. <laughs> no, <laughs> wasn't thinking water bottle. <laughs> Cool. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, yep. I have issues with allergens. Yes. Clearly, you do. <laughs> All right. So we learn something new about Rob every time we get together, boys and girls. All right. Um, now, tremors, Rob. Uh, okay, we'll go this route. Uh, when was the first time you saw tremors? Um, I'd have to say probably, like, is you know, par for the course for me. I don't. I was never really a movie goer. Mm -hmm. So I waited. I actually saw this on a movie poster and I was like, I'm going to wait till this pops on HBO or goes to Blockbuster or something. Um, and so I did, I can't remember where I saw it, but I remember seeing it at home on my TV and I just fell in love with this movie. Gotcha. Okay. Now just real quick. I want to know, are you a fan of the franchise? Because this, there's a lot of movies in this franchise. Oh, so you didn't see my post on Instagram, did you? No, no, I did not. I had well, I, the... I blocked you since that one message you sent me. Right? <laughs> I no longer read anything from you. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, no, so okay. yes, I do own. I'm a proud owner of the entire collection as well as the TV series that aired on Sci-Fi. Uh, okay, awesome. So I have a, a a true tremor head with me then. Yes, you do. Oh, how fun. Okay, awesome. All right. So now, but I must preference what I'm going to say with, you know, taste change, all that kind of cool stuff. Initially, this kind of, I was turned off by this because it looked very silly. Um, the people involved, I really wasn't necessarily, like, I think the biggest thing that really turned me off initially was the fact that it had Reba McIntyre in it. Cause I'm like, if you're putting a country singer in this, this is a goofy movie. <laughs> um, and I thought I just, so I just avoided it for a very long time. Um, so it was probably, it came out in 90. I probably saw it like almost 10 years after the thing existed. Um, really? And I did watch it. It was really fun. It was totally fun. Uh, I think I was just in a mood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I just put it off. Um, now, I am not like you, though. I think I've only seen like 
one or two other ones and not even sequentially um, in the franchise. Oh, um, wow. Not that I don't like them, but I'm not, I'm not seeing all of them. I um, find that hard to believe. I mean, usually I'm the one who's lacking in that department. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I've seen, uh, there are seven movies currently and I've seen all of them. So there you go. Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm glad that you're coming, uh, approaching it with that information to like kind of pick up my slack that I don't have. So that's awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, it was probably like, uh, and I too saw this on, on, uh, I think I had maybe, uh, seen it on cable or something. I remember it was definitely not the theaters. It was on like a little screen TV kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was very fun for what it was. Uh, uh, I just really, it was just, I think the fact that um, it just looked silly to me. And I thought, I don't, that wasn't what I wanted at the time. Okay. From a monster. Yeah. 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 So, but no, I love it. I think it's very, very fun. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's well cast. I really liked it because it's a giant ensemble cast. Uh, there are a lot of people involved in this film. Uh, oh, yeah. In front of there the is. In front of the camera. Yeah. Um, basically the the premise it really is just a small nevada town um they get taken over by these creatures um they're, they're giant like graboids um it's almost like a kind of like a slug looking thing that has a little stili that kind of propels it forward and it has these tentacles with like teeth like almost like smaller versions of it that shoot out and just attack anything that it can uh, sense basically because they're blind right yeah and the head is really strange. The head is almost like that of um, some other creature that probably you wouldn't find dwelling underground, but more uh, like the, you know how the jaws open up and it's just a really, uh-huh. yeah. really strange looking, like it's something you would find above ground as opposed to underground, I think. Exactly. Yes. Now, how do you feel about in this film, because I can't really speak to much of the other ones, but they really don't give you a backstory for the creatures. Does that bother you? Are you okay with that? No, I was fine with that, actually. Yeah, I am too. I, I could see where someone, you you get those people, they want to know every single thing about like where it came from, why is it there? And you don't get that. But I really liked that. Yeah. Usually yeah. I'm the other, I'm the opposite. I'm like, you know, tell me more about this. But I think this movie did a good job of, you know, keeping, keeping the tension going as well as uh, the interaction between everybody who lived there. And it's like you, you got more interested in the characters themselves than the actual creatures at certain points in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes, I totally agree with you. Now, did it, and I maybe, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot or, because I don't know really uh, if we have the same relationship with film, you know, across the board. For me, this reminded me in a lot of ways of like 50s sci-fi movies kind of thing. Do hmm. you, did you pick up on that? Or is that even something that you really have like a. No, I can't say that I've watched too many 50s sci-fi films. Okay. It just reminds me, it reminds me a lot of the older sci-fi films where it's just like all of a sudden just like, you know, they're like you get like a giant ant attack or something like that, or a giant, you know, rain mantis all of a sudden pops up. It's just like there's this <laughs> small town. All of a sudden, there's this giant creature attacking. You don't really know why, and then there's these people in peril, uh, which I really like about it. I thought that was awesome. Okay, um, yeah, I I know what you mean because you're talking about like them 
Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. when looking at it from that perspective, which I didn't do, but I mean, now I can see what you're talking about. Yeah, I just, I really like that a lot. And I'm glad we didn't, uh, they didn't feel the need to shoehorn like a scientist pops up to give like an explanation, you know, like, oh, it was, you know, such and such was leaked into the ground and <laughs> there was radiation or uh, I actually read somewhere, um, or I think Walt was filling me in as we were watching the movie because he loves to do the whole little searches on things that they they were going to put in a scene where like there were eggs that had been dropped from space. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'm like, I, I, I'd rather have it be unknown. That doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the unknown. Yeah, uh, I think that would have totally killed the, it, it would have killed the momentum as well as anything else that came for the future. Because later on in the series, we find out, you know, just where these creatures uh, originated from. I guess. Oh, okay. See, I'm glad you know everything. All right. Okay. So before we get like too into things, um we do spoil things on the show. So if for some reason you've not seen Tremors, uh, do yourself a favor and see it, but we will spoil the movie for you. <laughs> oh yes. We are going to ruin it. So, you know, okay. spoiler alert, spoiler alert. So, um, okay. You guys have been forewarned. I can't go through this podcast anymore with you without knowing. So where do they come from, Rob? <laughs> where do they come from? Yeah. Or like, what, what's the explanation about these? these um, well, according, I think it's, in the second film where we're filled in on uh, at some point where they're actually pre-Cambrian life forms. Um, so they're just like basically dinosaur worms, I guess. Okay, cool. Uh, I like that actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. And okay. they're, you know, they started to, I guess, make themselves known uh, because they, their food supply somehow was, they lost their food supply so that they had to start hunting in like other areas, I guess. Oh, cool. All right. I yep. like that a lot. All right. Now, and am I not mistaken? Or I don't, again, I don't want to put you on the spot. I should put doing this to you. I, I believe, did Fred Ward show up for the second one too as well? He was, yes. Fred Ward okay. was in Tremors 2 Aftershocks. And that was in 96, correct? I think, I think I should not do this to you. I'm pretty, it was 96. I'm not going to do it. It was in 96. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't know. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I know that is because I wrote them down and I'm like, well, for what we're doing, that's the only Tremors movie that we can talk about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the third one back to perfection was 2001. Yeah. So and we, I believe that was uh, with Michael Gross only who became like the mainstay of the series. Yeah, he's been like in all of them. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually when they go back to the Old West, I think. Uh, no, sorry. No, Tremors. Uh, the next Tremors after that was when they go back to the Old West. And that's the first actual appearance of the Graboid creatures. Okay. So that would be The Legend Begins from 2004? Yes, that that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And if we're going to get into all this, I guess then it would be Bloodlines from 2015 is number five. Um, I I think so. Yeah. The last one is. Shrieker geez. Island. Yes, that's right. 20, 20, See, I, I don't have the, I don't have the DVD set with me. And so I'd have to, I'm looking over here on IMDb to see all the series. Oh, see, I actually took your DVD set. So I'm going through it right now. And oh, okay. Yeah. I wondered, now. I wondered where it went. I was like, son of a bitch. It's gone. Right. Yes. Cause if I can't have it, you can't either. Um, <laughs> and then the one we skipped over is a cold day in, um, H-E double hockey sticks. Ah, uh, yes, with Jamie Kennedy. 
Yeah, he was in two of them, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he's actually became. Yeah, he was in two of them, and I think it was. Uh, Bloodlines. No, the Bloodlines was the second one. The first one, I can't remember the name of. Here, let, me, let me see if I can help. But you. he I plays think- Burt Gummer's son. Where they oh. near the end of the movie, uh, he finds out that Burt Gummer is his dad. So you know. Really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, you were correct. I'm pretty sure it was Bloodlines and then a cold day in uh, H.E. Double Hockey Stick. Yeah. So like Shrieker Island would have to be the last one. And they uh, that's where Burt Gummer actually meets his end. Um, spoiler alert. Oh, does he really? Yes. Oh, poor Michael Gross. Now, one of those he actually now <laughs> <laughs> one of those he actually has a butt scene in, doesn't he? I believe he actually drops trowel. Uh, can't say that I've seen that. I'm pretty that. sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, then also, um, there was a sci-fi uh, TV show, correct? In uh, 20 or 2003? Yes. The Tremors, okay. uh, Tremors, the series. The, yes. And then. Um, and they tried to reboot that with Kevin Bacon and apparently yes. it didn't work out too well. No, but so they just released, it was a pilot and then they kind of, retooled it a bit and just did a Tremors TV movie in uh, 2018. Really? I didn't, I hadn't seen that one. There was actually oh. a TV movie. So they released it. Yeah. They just did a TV movie with it. Okay. I got to see that. Uh, I'm a completionist and I must see it now. Okay. Well, I'll wait here. And so it's got Kevin Bacon in it. It does have Kevin Bacon and uh, uh, Fred Ward was rumored, but like, I think that was going to be for the series and that just didn't get that far. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, I would yeah, have loved to seen like the sci-fi network pick it up and reboot the series. That would have been mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Now this is kind of off what we're talking about in a weird way, but now are you a Critters fan? I am. Cuz didn't Sci-Fi do a Critters TV show as well or was it Shudder? Mm, might have been Shudder because I've never seen a Sci-Fi Network show on Critters. Okay, cuz I know Critters had in that it was kind of like lukewarmly received, but they did a, a, a little short Critters TV show. Too. Was it Critters Attack? Was it that one? I think, I think maybe, yes. Okay. I think so. I'm pretty sure. I think. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this to be a long show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so, now, as far as the director goes, it's Ron Underwood. Um, the only other thing I know that he did was um, the remake of Mighty Joe Young from 98. I don't even know if you saw that one. Is that the ape or gorilla? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, my son wanted to see it, Tyler. So that's how I ended up seeing Mighty Joe Young. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now the movie is a giant ensemble cast, and I wasn't going to go through everyone up front if that's okay with you i just kind of kind of pepper them in as we go through everything i'm totally fine with that all right okay um so our two basic uh people that we kind of follow from the very beginning we've got earl that's uh fred ward who i love um i really like that character and then uh we have valentine mcgee or val which is kevin bacon yeah and Um, i gotta say like you could tell who was basically into they were into kind of being in the movie and then where Kevin Bacon was kind of just there. Um, Cause apparently Kevin Bacon wasn't too keen on being in this film. He thought it was not going to be good. 
and he only agreed to do it because he needed money for his new marriage and a newborn child. And then when the film wasn't financially successful, he feared his career was over and the following years people would refuse to acknowledge the film's existence. That's so funny. Now, I am not disputing what you're saying as far as him appearing like he didn't want to be in it, but I'd never noticed that because to me, he's just acting like Kevin Bacon to me. Like he's, because I put down other movies, like he was in Friday the 13th, which I love that movie. Uh, He was in Flatliners. He did Wild Things. Um, Did you ever see Stir of Echoes? Oh, yes. I love that film. Uh, me too. Me too. He was in that one. And of course, uh, and even uh, in Flatliners, it, that was so good. It seemed like he wanted to be there. Whereas in this film, it's just kind of like he wasn't the standout character. I mean, I would say Earl is the standout character. Yeah, I love Earl. Yeah. Um, and then he also did Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man. But to me, he's like, and I'm not I'm not arguing with you. This is just my take on the man. He was the same in all those movies to me that like, it's just, you just get Kevin Big. <laughs> I don't know. Kevin Dillon. <laughs> Kevin Dillon, you get Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then uh, Fred Ward, he was in, now we've talked about this. I believe you've never seen it, but everyone needs to see it. It's Silkwood, the one with Meryl Streep and Cher and Kurt Russell. But he was in that one. Um, did you ever see Big Business with Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler? Nope. Okay. He was in that one. And then he was in Henry and June uh, from 90. But those are really the only movies that I know Fred Ward from. But I love Fred Ward so much. Um, uh, he was in uh, Chain Reaction with Morgan Freeman. Okay. And um, Keanu Reeves. He played Agent. What the hell is his name here? Uh, sorry. I <laughs> I have this text pulled up and then it just mysteriously vanishes. Oh. <laughs> okay. FBI Agent Leon Ford. There we are. Okay. And so I did see that movie, Chain Reaction. I, for some reason, I thought he was in Little Monsters. I don't know why. Oh, okay. But I don't think he was in Little Monsters with Fred Savage. I don't think so either. No. I don't think. So, now, yeah. has there ever been a Kevin Bacon, um, Keanu Reeves movie together? Because I, hmm. I I can't imagine because they're almost the same person to me in a weird way. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been one. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, uh, there are two handymen and they kind of keep keep perfection um, together. Uh, They just, they're jacks of all trades, more or less. Yeah. Um, Oh, and I did want to say this, that at the beginning of the movie, were introduced to the population of the town is only 14 people. And so I started taking count, you know, beginning at 14 and oh, uh-huh. with all and doing the death count. So the population oh, awesome. <laughs> significantly declined by the end of the movie. I didn't think to do that. That's really cool. I thought you were going to say, because at the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to uh, Valentine and he's peeing. And I thought you were going to say it reminded you of Rawhead Rex. <laughs> nope, I didn't even make the comparison to that. <laughs> but you do you do make a good point now. Yeah, he's baptizing Earl. Yeah. Um, and then uh, so <laughs> they have a really good camaraderie between the two of them. I really like their relationship in the film. Yeah, it's it's almost like like maybe a brotherhood or something exactly right yeah because i'm not going to read a gay subtext in here um <laughs> and then, i do like how excited that uh that uh 
Val Valentine is that there's a new grad student and he's just sure she, he's going to or she's going to be the uh, girl of his dreams. He's got this whole like little checklist of everything. Yeah. And then he's like blonde hair. Uh, so so and so height, this yeah. or that. And, and then they, you know, they meet the grad student and she's got the. The, the that lifeguard stuff that they put on their nose, man. Oh, like the zinc oxide on <laughs> <Yeah>. their nose, <laughs> cap on and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looks yeah, very nerdy. Yeah, very nerdy. Yeah, and that's that's Rhonda, and she's our seismologist. But I really like the character. I like Rhonda quite a bit. Yeah, um, she's quite endearing. She is. She is. I really like her. Uh, now the actress is Finn Carter. The only thing I knew her from is. Did you were you a fan of the TV show Monsters? The TV not, show need, Monsters. It, if not, Rob, you need to become one because it's right up your alley. It was just, it was like a Tales from the Crypt or something like that. And it really just featured a different monster of the week. But okay, I'm going to have to check that out because oh, I, yeah, I am Rob, not familiar with it. Thing. Yeah, but she was on an episode of that. Okay. Yeah, but you will you will be a fan, I'm pretty sure. Well, now um, I've got two things to look into. The, the Tremors TV movie and the series called Monsters. Mm-hmm. I actually think you can get the DVD. I don't know how you go about things, but anyone out there listening land, the DVD box set's not very expensive uh, for monsters. And I think it was like one of those Canadian produced shows. Oh, like Blood Ties and, uh, you know, the, yeah. those all I those other shows like that came from Canada. Yeah, but my, it's really fun. I mean, it's like all those shows. Some are hit or miss, but like the creature effects were always pretty cool, pretty fun. But anyway, nice. yeah. Yeah, so that's Rhonda. Um, but she she um, uh, makes mention that she's getting these weird uh, seismological readings on her her little um, equipment while she's been out there. So that's our first tip that there's something askew out there in uh, perfection. Yeah, and we're also treated to like little things with, you know, beneath the ground, you see like, things happening and uh, different kind of movements and stuff. Exactly. Which now it's daytime, but that goes back to what I was saying, like in extra, like where there's things happening that were no one else is around, but we're like privy to seeing it, which I think is really creepy. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy that. Uh, then we also get to meet Melvin, the, <laughs> the world's <laughs> most obnoxious teenager. Yes. The, the one you wish would get eaten. That's what Walt said. He's like, I wish this was one of those movies where they kill kids. Let's <laughs> <laughs> forget about the little girl on the pogo stick. Eat Melvin. Oh, right, right. I yeah, there's there's so many characters in this. I love them. Now, just I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this guy. He's Bobby uh Jacoby. Have you seen Night of the Demons too? Because he's in that. Yes, I have. Yeah, he's in the movie. Yeah, he is in that. So I just throw that out there for our horror fans. But yeah, he's obnoxious as hell. And where the hell are his parents? Like, right. is he just is living he, in that trailer alone? Yeah, is he an orphan or something? Like, what's going on with that? I don't know. Walt mentioned that somewhere in the script, um, there's mention that his parents go off to Vegas a lot and leave him alone. But I don't, as far as I could tell, I don't remember actually hearing it in the film. Yeah, I didn't hear that either, unless it's in like the director's cut or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he is so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah and then we're also introduced to uh walter walter chang who owns the little shop in town 
Yes, um, and I've seen him in quite a few movies. Yeah, you want to go for it? Uh, okay, I want to say Golden Child. Oh, okay, go for it. Yeah, 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 you rock. Uh-huh. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Prince of Darkness. Yes. Um, And I think that's where it ends for me. I, I don't All right, I want to add one more because I love Mickey Rourke so much. Uh, he was in Year of the Dragon from 85. I'm so not sure I've seen that one. Okay, that makes sense. I'll wait here while you go watch it. <laughs> yeah. So that's Walter Chang. And he owns this little like, uh, I love small towns because they, they're, they're infamous for these little stores. You just kind of have everything you need. Just real quick. You pick it up there and, and he's the owner of that store. Oh, yeah. Th- those uh, little corner stores are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is also where we meet uh, <laughs> the Gummers. Um, <laughs> Bert and uh, Heather. It's played by Michael Gross, who I only really remember from the TV show Family Ties. Exactly. Me too. Same thing. Same thing. Now, were you a Family Ties fan? Yes. Were you really? Yeah. That's the one with Michael J. Fox, right? Well, and Justine Bateman. That's what I loved about the show. I loved Justine Bateman. Not in a sexual way, because, like, you know, I would just take her shopping. But, yeah, I really (laughs) loved Justine Bateman. Okay, no, yeah. I just, I was a huge Michael J. Fox fan, and uh, I just remember him and Michael Gross, and I don't really remember too much about the show, like, what, what was it like a modern-day retelling of Leave it to Beaver, maybe? I'm not sure. Sort of. The whole big premise was the parents were hippies, and the kids were more like your, like, yuppie kind of thing. So they, like, there was that culture clash there, but they flipped it. Oh, okay. I guess I was too young to like notice or understand that. Yeah. And then the mom was Meredith Baxter Burney. Um, ah, yes. I remember. Yeah. Who actually came out later in life as a lesbian. Um, and then the youngest one was Tina the others. Um, she was the blonde. Okay. And then it was one of those shows where like towards the end, didn't like a kid pop up, like they had a baby and then all of a sudden, like they hit a time warp and then the baby became like seven or eight. I want to say, yeah, but like I said, it was so long ago. I can't really remember everything that went on. All oh, I know oh my is, gosh. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Rob. Oh, no, I just going to say all I remember is Michael J. Fox being big into like business suits and everything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you're making. See, I haven't thought about this in forever, but it also had I um, Scott Valentine played Justine Bateman's boyfriend. I don't even know who that is. Well, he's gorgeous as heck, but he was also in the horror movie. Um, was it Dead Time Stories? Have you not seen that one? No, I don't think I've it, seen that. That's a fun one. That would be a good one to do. It's, um, yeah, he was Peter in Dead Time Stories. It's like separate little stories put together and everything. Um, it was from 86, so we should definitely do that at some point, too. I think you'll get a kick out of it if you've not seen it. Okay, kind of like uh, the anthology series, like maybe Cat's Eye or Tales from the Crypt. Exactly, yes. You're talking about the same thing. Yeah, or the Tales from the Dark Side of the movie. Oh, yeah, Tales from the Dark Side. Same premise. Exactly, same premise. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, so yeah, so now now we're on family ties. (laughs) Now this show is about family ties. Right. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then, um, so Heather is Reba McIntyre. And like I mentioned earlier, that was kind of one of the big things. I'm like, I don't need to see this movie. They stuck a country singer in there. But I can't imagine anyone else playing this part. 
<laughs> yeah, now it's like I, I'm interested to hear you do your recasting couch for this later on. Oh gosh, I did. I don't have anything in mind. I didn't. This one I didn't do because I think they're all so so well cast. Oh, I okay. I did not do a recasting couch. Uh, but she's like basically Bert and Heather are survivalists. Yeah, which couple? Yeah. I kind of buy, but also like as the movie goes on, you start to realize why, like because they chose uh, the perfection valley or whatever it is due to its geographical isolation, which is like absolutely perfect for the script. I mean, I love that. Oh, yeah. 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 And then um, now you talk about family ties. I never watched the show, but she actually had her own TV show that was from 2001 to it ended in 07 of the 2007. Are you talking um, about Reba? I'm sure talk about Reba. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, and then did you ever see the movie adaptation of the little rascals? No. Okay. Again, Tyler wanted to see it. So that's how I ended up there. My son. Uh, <laughs> and that was in 94. So she was in that as well. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think they make a perfect, I would have never put these two people together. I would have never envision them i just would have never done it but they really work uh in this i think they're perfect casting <laughs> yeah you think that it like looking at it on paper you'd say oh this will never work nobody will buy that but it yeah, actually works no, really good exactly it's just great <laughs> <laughs> it's just great um but yeah so then uh the the guys get stuck with all these really crappy jobs including cleaning out melbourne Sep Tank. Yes, uh, the crappiest of crappy jobs. Yes. <laughs> oh, and they get that poor. I put down shit shower because it just erupts and just sprays them. <laughs> I gotta That's tell you, gross. I would vomit everywhere after that happened because I can't. I couldn't even get through changing diapers without oh. you know doing doing a little bit of comeuppance there. You know, tossing my cookies somehow it makes it worse knowing who it came from and the fact that it's melvin i don't know it's just it's all the stuff to me. you do got a point and he's just kind of sitting there he's like yeah you clean my shit <laughs> <laughs> um but then we also get to meet like you said there's only 14 people we also get to meet their neighbor nancy and she's the one uh, with the daughter who likes the pogo stick right yeah okay so just really quick because I, I didn't know this, but like, I'm like, that's awesome. So Nancy is Charlotte Stewart and she was in uh, David Lynch's Eraserhead from 77. Wow. And I've seen that movie, but I don't remember her. Yeah. And she was uh, actually keeping with um, David Lynch. She played Betty Briggs in the Twin Peaks series from 89 to 91. I do love me some Twin Peaks. Oh, yes. I know how much you love it. Yep. But her daughter <laughs> is obsessed with her pogo stick. And listening to a Walkman on the pogo stick. Yes. yes. And then this will play into things later, but that pogo stick is great. It's a great premise because the tremors, they, they like sense things because they can't see, but like any kind of vibration and that like constant, like boing, boing, boing of the pogo stick. Yeah. That and the, um, like when they're all in the corner store and the, the ice box starts shaking and oh, making yeah. weird noises. Yeah. I love no, how I love they it. I love how they do the setup with those certain things. Oh yeah, it's 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 very clever. The 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 script is was very cleverly written. Now the little girl though, um that's Ariana Richards. 
Do you recognize her? I do not. Okay, this will, hold on, this may blow your mind. She's the girl from Jurassic Park. Are you kidding me? I'm not. So, and then uh, she also re, uh, uh, re, uh, what, what do I say? Like, re replayed the character um, from The Lost World as well. Um, so 93, 97, she was in the Jurassic Park movies. And then did you ever see uh, Space Invaders? Space Invaders. I Space might Invaders. have. Okay, that was from 90s. So Space Invaders, she was in that one too. Okay. But anyway, yeah, that's that's the little girl. Yeah, it's from Jurassic Park. Oh, and she's not so little. She stars in Tremors 3 Back to Perfection in 2001. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. All right, but anyway, so this shit shower causes our twosome to decide that, you know what, we, they need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to... This is where we get to look at their trailer or whatever. And it, they, they oh, sure shit don't have a lot of stuff. You know, they can pack a truck and right, still have right. room to spare. I know. Well, what would there to be to accumulate in perfection? Because you can only really probably get it at Walter's store. <laughs> <laughs> He'll charge you an arm and a leg for it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and then so... You've got, okay, say you said 14, take away two of those people. So there's only 12 people there. How much handiwork are they going to need? Not too much. And I think that's why they were complaining at the beginning of the movie because, yeah. you know, as they, and as they're leaving town, the uh, mother of Mindy, uh, Charlotte Stewart. Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, she says she's got a job for them to do. What is it? She's a ceramicist, and so she needs some um, something picked up that should last a couple of months, like three months worth of work. Is okay, yeah. So, but then we come to find out that they didn't take the job, and they actually try to leave. Yeah, even though she offered beer, which they turned down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, this is when they decide to leave, and then. They notice that up on a transformer is Edgar. I guess he's the town drunk. Or Edgar. Now, really quick, Edgar is, I like his name. He's Sunshine Barker or Parker, Parker, Sunshine Parker. He was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, no way. He was also in Roadhouse. Yeah, but he was in Werewolf, the TV show that we've talked about from 87. Oh, shit. We did an episode of that. So, yeah, I just want to put that in there, too. But anyway, because I love his name. So he's but, got so, some gravitas. He does. But anyway, he's up there and they're thinking he's drunk, but he's not drunk. <laughs> he's dehydrated. <laughs> <laughs> he's His body was drained of all its liquid or, well, not drained, but, you know. Yeah, he's, uh, so clearly he was up there for a long time, which they're like, what? Yeah, like why he, he would never be so drunk as to not come down to, like, get a drink of water or something. Mm -hmm, exactly exactly so they are um oh and they also this is also where i love the whole setup of this they pass the two workers uh on the on the road on the way to bixby oh uh, yeah yeah and they're telling mm -hmm. them get out of town as fast as you can there's a serial killer exactly 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 um <clears throat> so uh um, uh, 
help me now. Oh, so it's Fred. Uh, Fred was the older gentleman with the goats, and he's like kind of hoeing his little garden. Oh, the old farmer. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on their way back, they notice all these bloody goats everywhere. And that's where they find Fred's hat. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they lift his hat up and it's just the head there. Yeah, it's just the head in the dirt, which how horrifying would that be? Oh, sorry. I think I jumped ahead where they told the this is that was not the part where they told the road workers there was a serial killer. It was after they find yeah. uh, the farmer. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. Um, uh, but that also the, now. So now we're at the scene you're talking about. And then they've got the, the, the ones using a jackhammer and he strikes that he strikes down and you hear that like scream and the blood bubbles up. Yeah. And then it t- kind of suck. It uh, runs off with the jackhammer still in its body and it tangles around his legs and carries him mm-hmm. off into the mound somewhere. Yeah. And then so they're out trying to find a, uh, the police because the phones are dead back at perfection. And that's when they realize that the road's been blocked now and they can't get out. Mm hmm. That's when Earl kind of sees that bloody hard hat, which I thought was pretty creepy. And they, was that brains inside of that hard hat? I think so. I, I'm assuming that's what it was. It yeah. really did look like that. Yeah. Oh, I need to say this, I guess. So this movie is PG-13. It's not rated R. But it still has plenty of gore in it. Yeah, right. Exactly. But it was going to be rated at R, but not for the gore. It had like 24 F-bombs in it. And they're like, if you want a PG-13, you've got to cut those out. <laughs> so that's why instead of uh, using a lot of the fucks, uh, mm-hmm. what, what does he say? Mother fudging or? Mother humper. Mother humper. Yes. Okay. Mother humper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. So I love when they they, they, they got to back up the truck to go and then they get stuck. And you're thinking like he's like rammed the the tail end of the truck, the truck bed into like the wall or something. But when they get back, they realize there's actually something like wrapped around it. Yeah, the, like a little snake looking thing. Yeah, exactly. And they keep they I never really paid attention to this, but they keep going on about how bad they smell. Right. They, quite a few times they've said it. Exactly. Yeah. And then this is where Walter buys it for like $15. <laughs> I should mention that with the uh, the population as of now is only 12. From, oh, thank you. You're going to do our 14. count. I love that. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, because we're down what? Uh, Fred, um, the farmer. Yep, and Edgar. Fred and Edgar, yeah. Yeah, and Edgar. All right, all right. And then, okay, so now we get a night shot and we've got um, the doctor who's Jim, who they actually took Edgar back to the, his trailer. So the doctor and his wife are camping and um, it's, it's night now because they're going to there. They were actually headed to Bixby to pick up some um, equipment, not equipment, um, supplies that they needed to continue working on their uh, house because they're living in a trailer right now. Yeah. Um, so they're they're planning on building their dream home. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, just really quick. The gym is Conrad uh, Bachman. Now, he was in Outbreak. Did you ever see that movie about the monkey with the virus? It's got... Uh, oh, I Renee- did. <laughs> okay, yeah, with Rene Russo and Dustin Hoffman, Morgan Freeman. And he did an episode of Charlie's Angels, which I love Charlie's Angels. And he was in Foxy Brown. Did you ever, like, with P- Pam Greer? Okay, I, I was going to say the, the Pam Greer film, yeah. I love Foxy Brown. Um, From 74. Yeah, from 74. 
Um, and then his wife uh, is Megan. This is B.B. Besh, B-E-C-H, B-E-S-C-H. She was in A Tales from the Crypt from 94, Steel Magnolias from 89. Oh, you're um, one of your favorites. My favorites. And then actually she was in Who's That Girl, the Madonna movie. Did you ever see that one? Oh, you know I have. Oh, have you? You're awesome. Okay. Now, did you ever see The Beast Within? No, I don't think okay. so. I'm going to make you do that one just for the sheer weirdness of it. That was from 82. And then she did Hardcore from 79, which is a really good movie. Um, and then she was in the pack about killer dogs from 77. So she did actually like a lot of things that I really enjoyed. So that's that actress. Wow. Cool. Yeah. But anyway, so, <laughs> so they're there and they've got their little, uh, 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 fire going and everything. And they're, they're talking about, um, you know, what they need to pick up their supplies and everything. And then the, the, was it the generator that just disappears? Yeah. Cause it goes dark. <laughs> yeah. Is um there you know they lose power or something, all the lights go out and the generator and there's like, well, the generator can't just disappear. And so he realizes that the cord is still attached to it. Yeah. And he starts pulling it, I think. Exactly. And I just put down Jim's toast. Jim's toast, yeah. So the population is now 13. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I can you imagine like being pulled into the ground by something? I mean, you would not expect that. Like that would be the last thing in your mind that could happen to you. Yeah. That it, it's so sudden and it's over. You're done. Yeah. And uh, she, she throws in that like uh two by four to hold on to, And it just breaks in half as he gets pulled down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then his wife runs to the car and then the car just basically gets pulled down backward. The station wagon just yeah. gets sucked into the ground. And I was wondering, like, was that a Reba McIntyre song on the radio that was playing? So there, I, if I'm not mistaken, there's three Reba songs. I think I, well, that's what Walt was telling me. I think there's three of them. I don't know if that was one or not. I know the in credit one is a Reba song. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I love that. And that's uh, that's going to be important later too. I like that little setup with the song. Yeah, and also so they get, um, they can pull cars into the dirt, like yeah, they can do whatever they want basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so now uh, the population is twelve. You there? Hello. No. Wouldn't it? No. No. It'd oh, be ten. Wait. Let me check my notes. It would be 10 because. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. The population right? is 10. Yes. You're right. Okay. You're right. All right. All right. We need like a little dead count with little. little I know. <laughs> we need a little up. counter. <laughs> Body count. Right. Um, and so we're back at the shop now and they're, they've all like kind of gathered there. Um, and I love this one because this is where uh, they're taking pictures with the, <laughs> with the, the little tendril thing from the the graboid oh yeah but then we also find out that they can't get any outside help because the valley blocks like any kind of frequency that they would need to reach the help and they are they gotta actually get out of the valley to reach any kind of assistance right because they were talking about using the cb i think exactly right and they're like it's not going to work so they decide hey we should probably send um somebody out on the horses that they have that Walter owns the saddle horses. Oh yeah. That's a, that was mm -hmm. just a bad idea from the get go. I know. I know. Poor horses. 
Uh, so they actually decide to send out um, Val and Earl on the horses, uh, but it doesn't work out well. No. And during that scene where the horse got pulled into the ground, now I know they had to use a real horse, but didn't you feel bad for the horse? Because that thing was well, yeah, freaking horse, out. You, well, that, yeah. And their legs are so like, they're like these little tiny spindly things. And if a horse hurts its leg, that's kind of like, yeah, no, no. I mean, like, oh, I hope everything's okay. That's but pretty yeah, much it. They, yeah, they they get attacked. Um, yeah, yeah, that was kind of. Hmm. At least the one got out of there. <laughs> right. Like, I'm looking at it. <laughs> um, but that's also kind of like our first real shot of like the the big trimmer. I mean, big trimmer, the big uh, graboid. Yeah, because we actually room. see it uh, like pop out of the ground at this point, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think they did a really good job with the creatures. I don't know your spin on it. Oh, they did uh, such a good job that it terrified me to walk around. <laughs> I mean, my imagination was just insane as a child and it hasn't gotten much uh, better. <laughs> but yeah, I would always be careful not to make too much noise because you never know. There might be a graboid underneath your feet ready to pull you <laughs> into the ground. That's great. <laughs> oh, um, There's so much that like it comes into play later, but like way earlier, they were actually working on setting up fence posts in the film. Oh, and yeah. then so the two take off running. And then you see the graboid or like you just see the fence post, but being pulled out by the graboid as he's chasing him. <laughs> yeah. He did knock down post by post. Yeah. It was great. Um, but they actually come to like a, uh, a drainage covert and they try to jump it and they don't quite make it, but the actual like concrete causes the, cause the, the graboid is just chasing him at full speed and it like plows into it. Yeah. And first. like slams its head, killing itself. Yep. And then Rhonda appears. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. <laughs> and then she gives us a little bit of uh, of uh, exposition. She kind of fills us in that they're subterranean and they have no eyes. And um, that the little psyllae on the side help it move and everything. And they're more worried about how rich they're going to get over it. And she's talking about uh, uh, it's going to be like the biggest find of the century and stuff like that. And they're really just seeing dollar signs in their eyes. Yeah, and Val's like, I, I found its ass end. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, this is another part where they mention the, the smell of the worms. That yes. Yeah, they really play on this. They yeah. really, really, really play on this. Um, and they also start speculating, like, is it a mutant from radiation? You know, uh, does it predate the fossil record? Did government make it? Is it from outer space? Um you know it, that's pretty cool but they really don't explain it i also do like this is around where earl falls into the little prairie dog burrow and starts screaming oh, yeah. <laughs> they're taking me <laughs> yeah um but then they uh Rhonda kind of figures out that they're using the seismic vibration to sense where it is because it's blind yeah it has no eyes so it has to hunt by using the vibrations yeah but they're also chased upon a rock by one of them and they're stuck up there Mm -hmm. And this is the very first of, I think it's, yeah, two, two rocks that they get stuck on. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, not, not yeah. in like one near the end of the film and one near at this part. Right, right. But also, so 
Earl's kind of picking up like, you know, there's something going on between Val and Rhonda, but Val's not really picked up on it yet, you know? And uh, by morning though, Rhonda wakes up with Val's coat on her and they're like kind of snuggled close together. Yeah, body heat, yeah. body heat. <laughs> body heat, but you know, she, she doesn't fit into what he wanted as a woman. Nope. You know, not what he was looking for, but Earl's like, I don't know about this. Um, and then they realize that they've got to to escape this thing. They've actually got to like utilize these like these sticks, these log poles. They're going to have to actually pole vault from rock to rock. If they're going to get to that truck. Yeah. And I love the quick thinking, you know, which oh, yeah, is just like, yeah, no. since yeah. we can't we can't touch the ground, so we don't have to. We've got a bunch of poles near us. We can just pole vault from rock to rock. Yeah. Rhonda's a smart cookie, and I like that about her. <laughs> yeah, cookie. she is. Yeah. And then so we get to the truck, but of course, she's dropped the keys <laughs> in her mouth to help her pole vault. Um, I'm like, just put them in your pocket. <laughs> but anyway, they don't do that. Uh, but I do love the unconventional getaway that they have to like pull off. Oh, yeah. Like she's uh, you, she's driving with basically her hands. Yes. Like through like so it's, it's in a truck. So it's like the rear window like slides open for access, you know. So she's like halfway in and out of the thing, and she's doing this all just with her hands. Yeah, while the graboid's attacking the like the, <laughs> the the bed of the truck. Yeah, and I'm wondering how she can. All right, so yeah, you can one hand on the gas and one hand on the steering wheel, but how do you know where to steer? Walt said the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, just have you ever had dreams like that where you're operating a car in a really weird fashion? Have you ever had? Oh, many. And uh, yeah. I've oh. had the dreams where you're operating a car, but you're unable to stop because the brakes don't work. And then so you're just flying through traffic. And in order to stop, you're going to have to crash into something. Yeah, oh, I need that. Or I, like, a lot of mine, I'm like operating from the back seat so I can barely reach things. Oh, I hate oh, that. Okay. Anyway, so that like fed into that whole terror that I have. Yeah, nightmares, man. Oh, oh yeah. So, um. Oh, all, oh gosh. So Bert and Heather actually went off as well when the gentleman left on their horses. Oh, Remember? they went back home, right? Yeah. Well, they, uh, yeah, because they were, uh, they were going to go try to find some way to like, to, to reach uh, help as well uh, with their, I think they were thinking with their compound, they'd have a way to, because they were out of the valley, their compound sits higher than everyone else. Oh, yeah. And also, I think they went to hunt like whatever was doing the killings. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because they're still of the mindset there might be someone behind this, not something. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, now they're back at uh, Walt's place. And then uh, they're also saying that, you know, someone's bound to come check on us. And then they cut to the <laughs> where there's another bloody helmet film with brains or something laying there by the other boulders and stuff from the first time. Yeah, and we find out that this one is from the phone company. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, back at the uh, store, they pulled out a map and they're actually showing them that they're like pretty much in the hot spot because you can mark on the map that the graboids are actually like there's a method to their madness and they're heading right for them. Yeah, they're uh, the the whole town is one big smorgasbord. Mm -hmm. And then they realize that they can't move through rocks. So if they can get to the higher rocky land, they're going to be okay. Yeah, and from what I 
I don't know if it's just my perception of it, but they were talking about going up into the, into the higher elevation where it's all uh, limestone or granite or something. Yes. And uh, then they right. showed a shot of kind of the hills. And I was like, that looks like it's at least a mile away. And yeah, they say it was 10 miles, I believe. Is oh, 10? Okay. I, I, I could be wrong, and I'm sure all the Tremor people are hating me. I think that's what they said. It was like 10 miles away. I think, I think, I think. Yeah, and I was just wondering, like, even if you're in a truck, those things can, like, really haul ass. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it to get to the granite or limestone or whatever that was. Right, yeah. And I love this one because Melvin's just such a jerk through the whole movie, but he's bouncing that basketball. (laughs) And then doing that screaming like a woman. (laughs) And then it just disappears. (laughs) Gets sucked under and and then he screams for real. Yeah, he screams for real. And then they come out there like because they think he's being just another, you know, practical joke from Melvin. But he's actually climbed up a pole because he's been attacked. <laughs> no knees blood. He, he's been attacked by a graboid. And wasn't that so cartoonish? It's like when the cat gets scared in the cartoon, it climbs up the pole and it's just like hanging there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then we get another tremor burst up, or a, a, I can call them tremors, another graboid burst up from the ground. Um, with yeah. Uh, yeah. And was yeah. this the was this uh, the the one they call Stumpy? Or was I guess I believe so. One? I think that's Stumpy. I oh, didn't okay. write it down, but I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this is also where we see that <laughs> uh, the floorboards of the shop are kind of like moving, so it's underneath the shop as well. Oh, yeah, because it, it was just like, I I still wonder. It's like, how can they move around? I know the dirt is supposed to be loose, but the dirt is still pretty damn tough. And it's mm-hmm. just like, how can they maneuver like it, swim through it like basically it was water, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a pretty cool effect, though. Oh, I'll yeah. That was. That that was terrifying. <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the last part of The Thing. Where oh, was, yes. We're flying towards Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. And then it pops up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh <laughs> Um, this is also where we get Mindy, as you mentioned before, who loves to do her pogo stick while wearing her Walkman. Yes, because they, they had made the comment. They're like, let's just not make any noise. Let's not create any vibrations. And then Mindy's out there going doing, doing, doing. (laughs) (laughs) So they have to run, save her. Val, uh, Val takes off. Um, and they're yelling for her, but of course she can't hear. So Val, like grabs her and like jumps to the side just as her pogo stick goes under the ground. And that was crazy. Like the pogo stick sucked right into the ground. I love it. I love it. Um, And they're also kind of like split up. So mom and Mindy run to the house. Val's trapped in a truck, but Rhonda gets entangled in the barbed wire. Yeah. And I, oh man, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh no, she's going to get sucked into the ground. (laughs) I know. I know. And then we got Earl running inside to grab something to loosen her. And then Val grabs a pickaxe. And so they finally get her loose, but she's got to take her pants off to get. (laughs) (laughs) Take your pants off. What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I put in a perfect world, Earl would have gotten caught in the barbed wire. (laughs) Anyway, um, Yeah, I love like how in this PG movie, that's where they're going to get like, you know, their little like sexiness thrown in i know know, right and it it, it, 
in no way, shape, or form was that at all sexy. No, it was just silly. It was so, it was just so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so goofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but then while they're inside patching her up, you know, again, we got Val. Yeah, we got our little tender moment while he's uh, taking care of her pantsless. Yep. Sans pants. pants. Sans pants. Yep. Um, but the soda machine kicks on. And again, they can't have that vibration going on because the graboids can figure out where they are. I know. So they're all scrambling to like unplug that ice box. Right. And fortunately, though, uh, Miguel, the other, just there's certain people that are just kind of there. Uh, Miguel is another person who's there. Um, now I just real quick. Now, now do you want to talk about as far as Miguel goes? Um, he's the, his, he's, uh, Hispanic. He's, uh, got like the, the ring of hair, but he's kind of balding on top. He's got a mustache. Oh, so he's the one who's basically spitting out those one liners. You know, he doesn't really do much. He's just kind of there. Like you said. Yeah. There's two of them. There's to me in my mind, there's two of them. There's Miguel and then there's Nestor. Nestor's the one who wears like a hat. Miguel's the one who makes it up to the roof with Val and Earl. Okay, yep. Okay, so anyway, that's Tony uh, Gennaro. I think it's G-E-N-A-R-O. Okay, I I'll must go with that. him because he's the bus driver from the craft. No way. Way. Isn't that great? That is. I would never have made that connection. Nope. Nope, but I'm like, oh, that's so cool. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so they they jump on the soda machine, and this is where we get the attack, like inside the store. And again, Rhonda's separated from everybody. She's kind of like, I love the scene. She's like jumping from like uh, the the shelving unit to each shelving unit mm -hmm. in the store. But the gentlemen, so we got Earl and we got Val and then Miguel, and they're on the machine. But then Val sees there's like a little kind of trap door in the ceiling that they can get out that way. Yeah, he says, oh. Let, let's uh, let's go to the roof because it's not safe being here on the floor. And this was after Walter Chang got uh, sucked oh, into Oh, yes, that. Mr. Chang. Oh, I know. That was so sad. I really liked Walter. Not yeah, just I was like, I'm damn, Walter, yeah. why'd you have to go? I know, I know, I know. Yeah. And so Why now the Melvin. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Why couldn't it have been Melvin? <laughs> <laughs> or even Nestor. Right. Yeah, Nestor. Yeah, exactly. Um But yeah, the population is now nine. Exactly. Oh, okay, good for you. Thank you. I lost count there. Yeah. Um, and real quick, Nestor is Richard Marcus. Uh he was in Deadly Friend. Did you ever see that weird one from Wes Craven? Uh is that the one where the robot goes in uh, the mm -hmm. the consciousness of the robot the killer robot goes into the body of the girl that the boy likes uh-huh you got it okay yep. yeah yeah then i did yeah. see that yeah and then he was also an enemy mine oh i love that movie okay and then another one we've got to do he was in the being from 81 i don't know if you've ever seen that one but we got to cover that one too i don't think i've seen that we definitely have to cover enemy mine oh yeah now that's kind of a hard one to find too yeah that is yeah, but yeah, I, I remember, I saw that in the theater. I really liked Enemy Mine. I did. My mom took me to see that and I fell in love with that movie. Yeah. Now, did you see the, which, did you see the NC-17 one with the actual love scenes put back between Luke Gossett and, uh... <laughs> Are you serious? No, I didn't. No, I'm not serious. <laughs> I know, sometimes it's hard to know when you're 
being <laughs> facetious or if you're actually telling the truth? Always go with facetious. You'll probably be better off. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Yeah. No, I, I loved Enemy Mine. I love that one. But I don't, it's one of those weird ones. It's like, it's just, just existing out there in the ether. Like no one's put it like as far. I know it's not got a Blu-ray release or, you know, it's just floating around somewhere. I don't know. That's yeah, so strange it. because it is like one of the eighties classics. I mean, in my yeah, book, I, I would put yeah, it right there. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. So, uh, sorry about the tangent. So actually Rhonda gets propelled out the window basically. And she makes her way to a water tower, like just adjacent to the, to the store. Ah, yes. And mm -hmm. at first Val thinks that she got sucked underground because he didn't see her, but then he looks over and he sees her in the water tower. Mm -hmm. Yep. So his love is not left. Him, right. There's still a chance he might get some. Exactly. Exactly. Now, okay. So, uh, so Melvin's figured out he's got to climb to the top of that really tetanus <laughs> inducing oh. shack that he's on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that shack just didn't get pulled right into the ground to begin with. Oh, I know. I know. Now, this is a quick aside. So, when I would spend summers with my grandparents, my grandfather had a giant, they called it a tool shed, but it actually like his tractors was stored in there and they kept the grain and everything. But the roof was made out of that like corrugated metal like that. And I love the way the rain sounded when it would hit that. It made the coolest, most soothing sound. I loved it. That yeah. has nothing to do with it, so I'm not going to bring it up. But I do love when they show... Um, Bert and Heather's license plate. It says Uzi for you. Oh, you I should have wrote that in my notes because I did see that. <laughs> they just crack me up because they are so gun happy. They have so much ammo. Like, it's just <laughs> so funny. They're all about that life. Yeah, exactly. So they're heading back to their compound and then, um, Bert uses his walkie to call the shop, but of course they're all up on the roof. So Val's got to swing down and like reach through the window to grab back, you know, to retrieve it and grab it back up through the window. And I always, I had a problem with that when I was watching the movie this time, because I thought CBs were attached to some kind of wiring, but this one looked like it was powered by batteries, I guess. Cause it had no wire. You would think that they wouldn't be able to pull it through the window up onto the roof and, like, weren't CBs, like, didn't they need some kind of power source? Huh. I'm trying to think. Uh, hmm. Did, see, in my mind, I thought it had a cord. So if it didn't have a cord, I wonder why you could not use it. I don't know. Were there not portable CBs? Maybe. I don't. I just thought it was always attached to some kind of a, a grounding wire or whatever. I don't know much about CB radios. I just remember the lingo in, like, when they were like really big with like convoy movies and truckers and things like that, like back in the yeah, I mean, that was in the 70s thing, not even in the 80s. That seemed like way more 70s, doesn't it? CB. It does. But, you know, as a kid, we, we had one in the car and I would actually talk to like truck drivers and, and listen to their um, stories and stuff. Like they said the weirdest shit. I got to tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. Because we, you know, we took road trips to, to like Maine and uh, Vermont and stuff. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, my grandparents had one, but they mainly had one to listen in to, like, it would pick up police 
because uh, they were a little small town, it would pick up the police channel too. So they could basically hear like what was going on in town. Okay, yeah. And their phone was actually a party line too. So at any time you could just pick up the phone and listen to people's conversation. Holy shit, that's weird. Yeah, which uh, as kids, we would do that all the time until people would figure out we were on there and then make us hang up. But yeah, that was that was our fun for the summer too. <laughs> yeah. So, but then now, this, okay, so... Back at the compound, Heather has noticed that everyone's up on the roof, okay? Yeah, and she's wondering, you know, what the hell are these people doing? Yeah, but what is she doing? Because she starts, it looks like a centrifuge. What is she doing? Yeah, there was dirt in there and uh, spent shells, was there not? Okay, wh- what is that? I don't know. And Walter and I couldn't figure it out. And Walt's usually like my go-to guy with stuff like that. He's just, he, he knows so much, I just feel like a moron sitting there next to him. But like, he didn't really even know what... He thought it had something to do with like a bullet loader, but I don't know. How does that work? Does it, I don't I have no idea. But anyway, it's vibrating. So that's yeah. what we need to know. But I thought I was hoping you could clue me in on that. No, I, I had no, I still to this day, I have no clue what that thing is. Okay. All right. So anyway, so we've got, uh, you know, uh, Heather and uh, Bert are holed up underground in their compound, um, which is just like a uh, gun enthusiast mecca. Um, and they keep telling them to go up. Like they're like, they, they can, feel the vibration. They move under the ground. You need to get to higher ground. But like, he's just not having that. <laughs> he refuses to leave his bunker down below. Um, so <laughs> the big grab boy, but basically it, like pops through the cinder block wall <laughs> and it grabs Bert. Uh, but basically Reba just, or Reba, Heather just like opens fire on the thing enough that he can get loose. And then he grabs like an elephant gun. I know they're just, <laughs> they're firing so many rounds of ammo into this thing. It's just ridiculous. Right. But apparently the actual elephant gun they used came from a collector. They had to borrow it from a collector. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then she's also shooting like a flare gun into the, the, the graboid's <laughs> mouth. You know? Yes. I remember that. So they kill that one, but then they realize there's two more out there. So they mother humpers. There's two more mother humpers out there. They've got to get rid of those damn mother humpers. Yeah. Um, so now they, they actually finally book it back up to the roof. Uh, and they're, they're saying, you know, you've got the truck. You got to go for help because you're basically the only thing that's going to make it out of this valley alive because we don't have any way to do this. The other people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, is this the point where they look over um, like they're getting ready to go in their truck and the graboid is like kind of swimming in the dirt around their truck and it, it like pops the tires and brings it into the dirt. I, that's just a little bit later. I oh, think. OK. Wait, no, I think you might be right because he starts shooting with that elephant gun. But he can't get penetration through the dirt. Ah, yes. OK. Yep. And then that's when the other guy, the gentleman on the roof, um, they realize that Stumpy's up to something. You know, and they're asking Ron, and she's like, I have no idea. Why would I know? You know, I, don't, I have no clue. Um, but- and what was it? It looked like it was feeling its way around the building to to just like pull each piece of the building into the dirt. Well, I think it was checking the foundation, like to figure out what's the weakest point of this yeah. building. Realized that like there's something up there and it's got to knock it. It's got to knock it down. Basically, it's got to weaken this foundation. Yeah, because it knows there's food, but it just can't get at it. Yeah. And so it's trying the shop, it's trying Nancy's house, and then that, that's when it actually goes to Nestor's trailer, and then... Poor Nestor. He, he becomes toast. Yeah, <laughs> Nestor's gone. 
Yeah, population so eight. Okay, thank you. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, <laughs> you know, Burke's still shooting at it. And this is where you talk about where the truck is, uh, is attacked and it's basically useless now. So they've got no way to escape. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then they're kind of defeated. They're feeling defeated at this point. Mm -hmm. And then Rhonda becomes a cheerleader and she's like, nope, guys, we can't give this up. We're still in the same situation. Nothing has changed. You know, we just got to get to that solid ground. And she realizes the water tank she's on, it's got like a funky pipe that's just been like jerry rigged, no doubt, probably by Val and <laughs> Earl <laughs> with like torn cloth. So she just starts like kind of kicking it to make it the water. Oh, like, but her. wait, wait. I think you jumped ahead a little bit. Because um, Val and Earl, they come up with a plan about the tractor and uh, pulling the tractor with. Uh... Oh, wait, but it's not them. It was Miguel. Let's give Miguel his due. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Walter had a tractor down there. And yeah, like, and they were using that like one person. uh not rode the tractor, but turned it on so it would like uh -huh. confuse the things and they would chase after that. While yes. uh, Val or Ed, I want to call him Edgar. No, <laughs> well, while well, they Earl, yeah, Val and Earl went to uh, to the big tractor so they could get all set up and you know get those people out of the valley. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So basically, what they want to do is they want to jerry rig the tractor so it'll run without any actual person on it, distract the graboid, and that will give someone a chance to book it over to the big cat, which is like a bulldozer. Yep. And then they actually have next to it, there is a uh, like a big trailer thing they can load everyone else on because the, the bulldozer itself could only hold two people. Right. Right. OK. All right. So you're with me. Yep, I'm with you. OK. All right. So you're right. OK. So they do this. They get the, the tractor going and the, the tremor takes off after it, but it eventually hits something and kind of tips over. Yeah. And then they, it kind of loses interest after that point. Well, because Val's been running and now the tremor can feel the, the, the vibrations from him. It takes off after him. And that's where um, everyone decides to make a lot of noise. And this is where you're right. This is where Rhonda starts kicking the faulty pipe. Yeah. And uh, like it does pop out of the ground and shooting the snakes out of its mouth and looking for, you know, wherever Val is. And he's got to lift up his legs and do a little dance here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Right. But yeah, Rhonda gets the bright idea that water, that they're not making enough vibration from the roof. So the water from the water tower, when she kicks the pipe open, will hit the ground and cause a lot more ruckus than the people standing on the rooftop screaming. Mm -hmm, exactly exactly um <clears throat> but that also draws unwanted attention to the water tower where Rhonda's trapped on top of so she's got the tremors now at her basically at her feet mm, yeah and didn't they look really even scarier covered in water yeah because they were like kind of red that real bright red and yeah. brown street veiny looking kind of thing yeah I, yeah I agree with you I thought that was pretty cool because they would have been dirty before so like yeah that I thought that was a really cool like uh take on it I, I thought that was awesome like an awesome detail they threw in there yeah there's um, just something creepy about like snake-like things in water it's just ugh. yeah no i agree with you uh wholeheartedly <laughs> <laughs> um but luckily val's got the bulldozer and he's got it hooked to the trailer the trailer hooked to it um so ron is able to leap safely to the little uh what 
what would you call it? The like little what lifty part? I don't know what the term is. I don't the know either. The, the shovel, like the shovel piece. Shovel. Oh my gosh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, the shovel, thank you so much. So she can <laughs> jump in there and crawl into the the like the cab with um Val, and then they can go pick up everyone else as Burke and Heather are frantically making bombs back at their compound, <laughs> which is, which is like perfect character for them. I mean, oh yeah, Burke Gummer survivalists. You know, let's make let's make blow up stuff and <laughs> explosions. Uh, I, love it so I love it so much. Um, so then basically the whole town, all what did you say is left? Like, oh, uh, eight people, eight people. So we got to deduct. Um, two because Burke and Heather are back at their place. So all six of them make their way back to the Gummers and then they're trying to get them in the trailer, but he's just talking and will not shut up and get off the roof. <laughs> Giving the Graboids time to actually start attract- attacking the trailer, which I'm just like, shut up and get off the roof and get in the trailer. You stupid, stupid man. Yeah. Um, Cause every time the tra- every time the tractor has stopped, they've tried to suck it under the ground. Exactly. I'm like, keep moving people. Yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they get in there and Melvin wants a gun and he's like, I wouldn't, uh, uh, Bert's like, I wouldn't give you a gun if it was World War Three, <laughs> which I can't blame him. Um, yeah, I wouldn't either. And then they're asking, how did you make the bombs? He's like, oh, just the proper proportion of household chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, again, it's like a perfect character for, for Bert. I mean, if you watch the rest of the series, you know that like, Bert always he's kind of like the MacGyver of the oh really the that's group. kind of yeah. fun that's fun yeah uh so the group they're approaching a rock and then uh Heather's like why is there dust erupting like from far away oh yeah that's right because these things were uh coming up with a plan yeah what they've done basically is they dug a trap and They've stopped the uh, the cat from proceeding further. So what they've done is they've had to um, use the bombs to kind of act as like a deterrent so they can make it to a rock. Yeah, because they found out that the explosions create such a terrible vibration that the cre- it's too much for the creatures to handle. So they just immediately flee. Yeah, it's almost like it hurts their like little air quote ears <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um so uh this is also when they they as they take off running uh <laughs> burke gives melvin a gun but then it's, <laughs> there's no rounds in it whatsoever um uh but they they finally make it to the rock um but they can't make it to the mountains right because now they have no vehicle right. yeah exactly um, and this is kind of when the group kind of turns like Heather and Burke, they kind of, they're against Val and are only like, you should have just left us back at the compound. We would have been fine. We had like food, we had enough water forever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, there's a lot of infighting going on at that uh, point. But then that's also where Burke's like, you know what, I'm just going to take a bomb and I'm going to head out there. You know, like when starvation kicks in, I'm going to take a bomb. I'm going to head out there and just going to. They can grab me and I'm going to do one of them in. Yeah. And, have a and it actually well, gave, became a good idea. Yeah. And that, gave, that gave early idea. Well, we're just going to go fishing. And so he ties a bomb to a string and they kind of toss it out there. Causing the tremor or the I call it tremors. I'm sorry. Causing the graboid 
to grab onto it and then just blow up. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was great when it just kind of sucked it into the ground and then there's a big old explosion and there's just like guts and pieces of whatever falling on them. Exactly, exactly. Um, but of course, and I, I'm glad they did this because I remember thinking, well, they seem very intelligent. That's going to trick one of them, but the other one's going to clue in really fast what happened. Right. And it's, it turns out that the hardest one to kill is old Stumpy there. Yep. Stumpy clued in. Um, so he's the last monster standing and Val wants to do it, this one himself. So he throws it out there like before but he's not taking the bait. He actually spits the bomb right back down. <laughs> and I thought that was so hilarious that it spits it right back onto the rock and they all have to make a break for it. Yeah, and they all scatter. Um, and then the uh, our duo are kind of like separated from Rhonda. So Rhonda's off the rock and we've got Earl and Val off the rock. Um, and then Val still has a bomb. But he has no lighter. Right, because Rhonda has the lighter. Yep, Rhonda's got the lighter. So he's got the bright idea that if they take off running, the thing will follow him. He can actually light it and then blow it up that way. Mm-hmm. But there's a little, uh, I don't want to say caveat to his plan because he was actually planning something a little bit different. Do you think he was, or do you think he had to think on his feet because what he really wanted to do didn't work out? Maybe, yeah. Because, well, what I was immediately thinking, like right when they, he couldn't throw the bomb because he knew it wouldn't take the bait, he saw where he was, I think, and he was like, oh, you know, because, again, they remember like when the thing, the first one chased them, how it slammed into the wall and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, died. So he was like, well, we're on a cliff, so, you know, why don't I wait to throw the bomb behind it and scare the hell out of it? So it just keeps moving forward mm -hmm. and it, you know, just uh, does itself in. I mean, that's what I always thought anyway. Yeah. It just basically propels itself right off the side of a, like right out of the side of the cliff. Cause it's underneath them. Yeah. And it plummets to its death. And, <laughs> and it's weird because you can hear it screaming as it's flying. through. Yeah. The air. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool finish to the whole thing. Were you pleased with that? I was because it was a callback to the beginning where he's scaring the yeah. shit out of Earl. He's like, stampede, stampede. Yeah. Well, and the fact, like you said, he like used like his prior knowledge, like, okay, this thing is just so hell bent on getting us. It's not like thinking about other stuff. Yeah. You know, like it's surrounding. It's just like going for it, you know? Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. I did. I, I think that was like one of the best ways to kind of wrap everything up nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, and then so we've got uh, our end. Um, Earl and Val are going to head off to Bixby. And then Rhonda offers to take their picture with Bert's camera that he lent them. And I, Bert probably got that. Oh, wait, not Bert. I was thinking <laughs> I was I was thinking of Earl, not Bert. Sorry. Continue on. All right. And then just, you know, we still got Val like playing it cool to the very end. He's being very, uh, very elusive with his feelings towards Rhonda. Mm -hmm. He plants a big kiss on her as Reba's song rolls us into the credits. And I didn't even know that was Reba's song. 
that one I did because it was, to me, it was very distinctly her voice. I didn't realize about the other ones. I was wondering if they would stick songs in there because she was in it. But sometimes you get, you know, uh, like Sting or whoever, and they'll be in movies, but there's actually none of their songs in the movie. They don't, they want to make that big separation between actor and singer. Um, but to me, there was just no denying that was her voice on the last one. Okay. That's why I was talking to Walt and he's like, yeah, there were actually, I think he said there was three. I'm pretty sure he said there were three songs by her in there. Um, but that last one, I was just like, there's no denying that's Reba's voice. Um, which I thought was kind of fun. I, I, I had no problem with that, but yeah. Or maybe it wasn't Reba. Maybe it was Heather and she's actually a survivalist singer and that's how they make their money so they can live out there. <laughs> maybe. We just don't know. Right. We'll never know because uh, we'll they're not... Know. They're holding that close to the vest there. They're not exactly, playing that card. Exactly, yeah. Close to their bullet, bulletproof vest. Right, bulletproof vest, indeed. All right, so Rob? Yes? What do you think of Tremors? Well, I think you know how I feel, being that I'm the proud owner of pretty much everything <laughs> Tremor-related on, on DVD, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, I love this franchise. I love the first movie. I mean, I didn't really fall in love with it until much later on when I had bought like the entire series and all the, you know, the set and everything. But mm-hmm. it was always one of those things that kind of remained with me. Now, and no judgments, I'm just curious, did you buy the set <clears throat> not having seen all the movies or had you seen them all and then buy the set? Oh, I had seen them all and then I bought the set. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Gotcha. All right. So for me, I think it's an incredibly fun, um, I would say it's sci-fi horror. Like I, I think it, it, it dips its toe in both of those to mm-hmm. me personally. That's what I, call it. Um, I, I think it's fun that it's PG-13 because horror fans have to start early, I think. And I think it's a great gateway into monster movies for kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's not gonna uh you're not gonna have to turn it off because of it gets too gory for a younger person. There's no sex whatsoever in this thing. There's no nudity. Um if you're worried about like extreme language, there's no extreme language. It it it's would be a fun family watch for people who are like different age groups that are into horror. You could watch it, you know, if if you're an adult and you have kids that are, that are into horror, you could watch it with them. Mm-hmm. Um it's a really fun movie. It's very well done. The creatures I think are top notch. Oh yeah, the creature effects. Like kudos to the whoever yeah, created them. Exactly. And I I tried to dig into it and there were just so many. I'm like, I will spend the whole podcast reading off people. Um <laughs> so I didn't like just hone in on anyone. But yeah, and they're practical. Um, yes. we're not looking like on this one, I I can't talk for the other ones, but they're practical. We're not looking at CGI anything. Um, and they're awesome. Oh hell um, yeah. Uh the cast, I think, is well cast. Um give or take how you think about, about Kevin's performance. <laughs> right. Well, it's like the, the way I feel about Kevin's performance is kind of the same way I feel about the Baldwin performance in vampires where it just, and again, I felt the same way too. To me, it was like, just fine. Clearly I'm a moron. So don't go by what I think people. <laughs> no, no, it's all a matter of perspective, my friend. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but I thought they were well cast. It's an ensemble cast that works well together. I think. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they make it more believable. Like they put it, everything just kind of falls into place there. 
yeah, it, it's just a really fun popcorn flick. Um, I, I, I really have no faults with the thing whatsoever. There's nothing I like, you know, am nitpicky on really at all. Yeah, I think the only thing I was nitpicky about was the CB radio. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just because it's like it, I, I just have this distinct feeling it needs to be attached to something. <laughs> I don't gotcha. know. Yeah, no, I was talking more like production value or like you know plot or anything. I, I think all that was pretty well fleshed out and everything and handled well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and I, I can't really speak too much. I, and, and the ones that I have seen, I can't really even tell you about them. So I can't really talk to the franchise. But this one, I think, is a whole lot of fun. So oh, I would yeah. definitely recommend watching if you haven't seen it yet. Hopefully you've seen it if you're going to, you know, have set through this. Right. Um, and like, hopefully, if if you've listened to our show last week, when we announced we were doing Tremors, then you you got the the head start and kind of watched it before this show even airs. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And speaking of that, now the next time we meet, we're going to be covering, actually, I love this movie so much, Poltergeist. Yes, we are going back to one of the movies that scared the bejesus out of me when I was a child. Yeah. And and again, that's another PG-13 movie that like, to me, that one pushes the envelope. This one, not so much, but the Poltergeist one, I think that really pushes the PG-13 envelope quite a bit. It does. It brings the horror like so badly. Yeah. But anyway, we'll be covering that more in depth uh, next week. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of us, I am helming the Instagram account at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And our numbers have been going up over there for followers. So I appreciate all of you guys doing that. That means a lot to us. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Rob? Oh, yes. If you would like to send us an email, if you have movie recommendations uh, or anything else, you just want to say hello. You can shoot an email over to mmccpod at gmail.com. Yep. And we so appreciate you uh, joining us on this journey through uh, all things spooky and monstery. Um, and I always say the more the scarier. So thank you for being with us. That's right. And we'll see you next time. Until then, stay spooky. All right. Be good, guys. Mm-hmm.